Hey, Stranger Rangers, this is Bree. This is Patina. And you're listening to Stranger Danger, a true crime podcast. Welcome back. Well, I thought it would be fun to play another little quick game of uh, Would You Rather. I was flipping yes. through this book and I found, found a pretty, pretty good one. Okay. So... Would you rather have a slurpy headache for 12 hours straight or diarrhea for 12 hours straight? Slurpy headache. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yes. I do not want to be on. Well, (laughs) yeah, no, I do not want to be on a toilet for 12 hours straight. See, that's that's where my thing comes in is that I think that I could put up with having diarrhea for 12 hours because I could get up and off of the toilet and just go there when absolutely necessary. But having a headache is just like one of the worst things in the world. So to have a 12 hour headache oh. of any capacity, I, I I would pretty quickly opt out of in most scenarios yeah that would be a so lot I, th- I think I would have to I think I'd have to go out uh go with hanging out with a porcelain throne for 12 hours oh versus sitting around with a with a headache all day and see and for me I get migraines so I'm like 12 hour headache shit bring that on <laughs> because I could I can battle a headache in a bathtub with some ice, my phone, some uh, some bath salts, and I'd be good to go. Yeah, yeah. Fuck, we're shitting my brains confident. out. Confident. Yeah. <laughs> I was pretty confident on which one you were gonna choose because, um, I just think of Tyson telling you know the story of when you guys were down in Arizona walking and getting Sonic Slurpees because it was so hot, and then coming back to the house they'd be gone and then you guys would turn around yep. and go back down and get another one to survive the heat one of our one of those stories we'll tell our kids because they were like a dollar first and foremost things were a dollar still you could get a whole route 44 for a dollar um you can't even get something for a dollar at the dollar store anymore that's that's where the value of a dollar has gone in 2024 we went to taco bell the other day and i was like a cheesy gordita crunch sounds so good right now because that's like my go-to at taco bell we just hadn't been there in a while and this motherfucking thing was four dollars and 89 cents and i was like from what who like what is happening are they paying the cow's descendants money for having it sacrificed into a fucking taco Oh yeah. my gosh. Because when cheesy or cheesy gordita crunches came out, I mean, I was in college and it was 99 cents. Like I have this memory of seeing the signage on the windows that was like 99 cents for cheesy gordita crunch. Like mm-hmm. that was our go-to because it was a fucking dollar. Exactly. But now they're five dollars. <laughs> and I was like, uh, I guess this is gonna be one of the last time they get a cheesy gordita crunch because I sure as hell ain't paying five dollars for one anymore. <laughs> Hell no. I digress. I'm just like, that diarrhea is not worth $5. <laughs> Absolutely not. 
Oh, okay. Now on to someone who I wish has never ending diarrhea. So um I, I wish this to a lot of the people that we talk about this about about in this podcast, just because it's uh man, some of the shit is just crazy, but for sure. Easy, not easy transition into the case that we're covering today. <laughs> All right. So today we're going to be covering the case of Lucille Johnson. And this is something that took place on February 1st in 1991. So Lucille was 70 year, 78 years old. Um, she was a widow. Her full name is Lucille Johnson. She was living in a mobile home by herself. Uh, okay. This was in the town of Holiday. Now, in Utah, sorry, in, in Utah. Now, uh, Lucille was a very devout member of the LDS church. Um, she mm-hmm. was, as you would expect, a nice little lady to be. She was. She would visit neighbors who were in the hospital. Um, she brought food to other people that were ill or just needed help around the house. Um, she was very she was a very active person. Uh, she was in good health. Uh, she also had several grandchildren. And this okay. this this does come into play in this case. Um, not the grandchildren per se, but just the fact that she had grandchildren. On the afternoon of February 1st, there were people in her neighborhood. Excuse me, and I can only imagine, you know, it's in the mobile park community. Like there's plenty of people outside, people coming and going. Um, the the population is just more dense in a in a mobile ho- mobile home park. So sure. there were people that saw her sweeping her porch um, in that afternoon, and there were people the next day that part of her family that couldn't reach her, even though they were trying to call her, um, they could not get a hold of Lucille. So her mm-hmm. daughter Shirley England went over to her house that was on Holiday Drive the next day and found Lucille's body in her bedroom with a pillow over her face. Oh no. Yeah. Uh, the daughter discovered oh. that, um, discovered her mom, Lucille on the bed. She, Lucille was all of four feet and 11 inches. Uh, she oh, weighed so only 122 pounds, but she had been severely beaten. She suffered a fractured skull, 24 <sighs> broken ribs, and received numerous blows or blood uh, bludgeon impacts to her head. The autopsy revealed that she ultimately died from strangulation and blunt force trauma. So, wow. She was pronounced dead at the scene with the multiple blunt force injuries. Um, and there were only a couple of things around the house that were missing. It was a piece of jewelry. It was necklace and a ring that everyone knew she wore all the time. Sure. Other than that, the house was not the scene of what normally would look like a robbery or, you know, someone breaking into the house and flinging things around, looking for anything valuable. Those were the only two things that were blatantly missing from the scene. Apart from that, 
when the investigators went into what they knew now was a crime scene, one of the things that they noticed right away that at the entrance of the house in the living room floor area, there were a set of Lego bricks, like kids' toys, that were on the ground. Mm -hmm. And on these toys, and from these toys, they, they collected them as evidence, but her family reassured the detectives that although she did have toys for her grandchildren to play with when they came over, she was a very tidy person and would not have had them out unless her grandchildren were either scheduled to come or if they had just left the house. Neither of those were true for this circumstance. So the detectives still took the Legos in as evidence just because it was out of place and it was not one of the set of toys that was readily available for grandchildren when they came to play over our house. Other than that, they had this bizarre case of someone just breaking in or coming into Lucille's house and for no known reason, attack her so freaking brutally. And all they took were these two pieces of jewelry. The brutality of that whole thing it is, is just so bad. It's so, so, so bad. bad. Got 24 broken ribs. I mean, I know she was tiny and I know she was probably pretty frail. Um, but nonetheless, that's so much damage. To, That's a number I've never heard tied in with broken ribs ever in my life. Uh, do we have that, that many that ribs? Like, that, that was literally what I thought. I was like, A, do we have that many? And B, I, mean, I just don't even understand how that's possible. I don't even know. I'm too chubby. I can't feel for ribs. So I'll have to, <laughs> I have to look that up. I have no idea. But that's so brutal for a little old lady. Um, and then, I mean, for her family yeah. to not know, not the family could not get the detectives anywhere to start Uh, they couldn't come up with any names of anyone that they thought would want to do this to Lucille that had a reason to do this plus other than the necklace and ring that were missing there was no other motive that was presented to the detectives as a possible reason other than maybe a robbery but that's all they took right so um and I mean this was a very active lady I mean uh, again it just it for me it tells me a lot if you're the kind of person that's like out sweeping your porch I know the type of person you are and I love you because you're always yeah. doing something you're finding something to do always at your house there's always something to clean you're going to keep yourself self-active for sure so and this is why I started looking at this case because I was like oh Legos what the hell do they have to do in a true kind case um so there were another string of crimes and, and burglaries and, and break-ins that had happened and almost seemed like they have the same motive. None of them had Legos left behind. Um, none of these were ever, ah, I would say, definitively tied together. Um, but the detectives mm-hmm. still had on their case maybe a serial break-in person. But obviously this last case that happened in Utah in 1991 was like off the Richter as far as brutality goes, because they did this to poor little Lucille. So after they did not have many, or I would say any leads to go after, the case was closed in 2006. So after 15 years of zero evidence that they could follow, zero leads, no information on anyone, uh, there was no... um, 
there was nothing else for them to to go off of at that right. point in 1991 there was some material that they collected from under lucille's fingernails but at the time mm-hmm. there was no technology to try and run that on any database to try and right. figure out if that was it because at that point they didn't even know if they had the dna of any perpetrator they just know they gathered stuff from underneath her fingernails so and at that point the technology you would have only been like that would have been the start of it. You would have been collecting that, that would have gone in a database. And then you're hoping that the same person reoffends so that yeah. you have something then to compare it to. That. And I mean, we've seen this time and time again, especially if the sample is so little and they have to take some and dilute it and do all the science stuff behind it to try and, you know, get it to the point where they can try and, and run it. If they don't have enough, they might only have one shot at running this through the system, you know? So they don't want to completely fuck up by using it one time when the technology is not there yet. So exactly from what yeah. we knew at this point in 2006, unfortunately, the case went completely cold. The family doesn't know if it's someone that Lucille knew, someone that wanted to hurt Lucille knowingly, or if it was just completely random, or if it had anything to do with her and her family, if her family was scared Mm -hmm. of any, you know, should be scared of anything or someone. So in 2013, there was a grant awarded to the cold case unit in this Utah police department. I believe it was a $30,000 grant. I might be missing a zero in there, but I know that's a, it's a 30 something number. And part of that grant was used to run now in 2013, that DNA or that material that was fun found underneath Lucille's fingernails. Sure. They ran the results through CODIS and they got a fucking match. What? Yeah. So this would have been 21 years later, right? 22? 22. 22. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they ran it and they found a match. This DNA profile matched John Sansing. And that's S-A-N-S-I-N-G. And now they have conclusively determined that John is the one that contributed this DNA sample underneath her nails as the evidence that was associated with this specific homicide. Now, the reason that they found John's DNA in CODIS was because he had been currently serving time in Arizona for another rape and murder of a person of a lady called Trudy Calabrese in 1998. So okay, at the so time, few years after. So when they found him in 2013 through this match, he was 47 years old and he was already serving time for this other, for this rape and murder of Trudy. Now, when they found the match, of course, it's like, hallelujah, they found a match. How they wanted to confirm or they went another step beyond to confirm that it was indeed him and that, you know, this was going to be a good case 
um, for him. And it wasn't just like, oh, she met him at church and scraped him or they, you know, had some kind of contact like that. They had found fingerprints in the Legos that were in Lucille's house at the time of the murder. On those Lego pieces, they found a fingerprint on the inside of one of the Legos. That fingerprint matched John's son, who was five years old at the time of the murder of Lucille. So what the detectives have determined is that, and the family confirms that this is very much a possibility, that John used his five-year-old son to get Lucille to open the door. Uh Uh-huh. And used him as a lure to get in, left him in the living room playing with his Legos while he went to the back room with Lucille and murdered her. So his five-year-old son was present at the time of him murdering Lucille. Might not have seen anything, but nonetheless, nonetheless, this piece of shit took his five-year-old son with him. Exactly. And... As the investigators were building their case for this, they found a relative of John that approached the investigators and told them that he had overheard recently before he got convicted of the other murder in 1998, but I mean, recently after the crime, that John's wife threatened she was going to, quote, going to tell the police about the lady he murdered in Utah. So in the heat of an argument, she brought this up. Of course, the relative did not know what they were talking about, but he remembers hearing that. Sure. So John lived in Utah till 1995. 1995, so four years after the murder of Lucille, he moved to Arizona, where Mm -hmm. he was living in Florence, Arizona. Uh, Sorry, now he's serving time in Florence, Arizona, in the prison there for the case of Miss Calabrese, Trudy. Trudy was a member of the church called Living Springs Assembly of God. And he, John had called a church and asked for a charitable food delivery. So a box of food. He had asked a church to bring... To offer to give their family a fucking box of food. And when she came over, that's when he brutally beat her to death as well and raped her, sexually assaulted the social worker, all in the presence wow. of all of his young children. So this is not so his five-year-old being at the crime scene of Lucille is not far-fetched because this piece of shit will do this in front of his kids. And his his M.O. stayed the same. He also removed all of Trudy's jewelry. Uh, He later sold Trudy's jewelry to trade for crack cocaine. So obviously his M.O. stays kind of similar where he's stealing just what seems like a little shiny thing at the time to try and get more drugs. Um... She was, Miss uh, Trudy was beat with a club and the force was enough to break the club into two pieces. Oh my um, gosh. Gosh, this is so stupid. 
Um, but um, the I mean, so now with the MO being the same, the fingerprints of his son being in the Legos that otherwise would not have been in the house matching, and of course his DNA right. from under the fingerprints, Utah petitioned to, although he was serving a life sentence for Trudy in Arizona, to extradite him to Utah to face those charges as well. Mm-hmm. He was already facing a life sentence. Um, so from what I gathered, he just pled guilty. And mm. I don't think that he had to leave Arizona to go get a sentence. I, I don't know who would have jurisdiction either because of whichever crime happened earlier. I think it's just Arizona already sentenced him and has taken on that burden of keeping him incarcerated. Um sure. So not, I mean, a little bit more that I found about John's upbringing and not that it's going to make anything better by any means, but it's interesting that no, nonetheless, he was born in Alabama and he stayed with his mother uh, when his father moved to Utah and eventually his mother, quote unquote, gave up on him and just shipped him out to Utah to be with his father in 1984. Mm-hmm. So very quickly, he found, um, I guess, the wrong roads to go down as a teenager. He started sure. stealing from people. He became a thief and a drug addict. Um, he also could not keep himself out of juvenile detention from one reason or another. Later on in life, uh, he met his wife, Kara Sansing. I'm assuming, I mean, that has to be his last name, so I don't know her um pre-marriage last name name. her maiden name yeah um sometimes my brain just makes up words when (laughs) I can't think of it I like pre-marriage much better (laughs) um um, so so Lamphere is Kara's adopted mother Okay. Um, and I only know her last name, Lamphere. Uh, but okay. they met, so Kara and John met at the Salt Lake City Mall. Um, they eventually had four children together, one of those children being the one that was with him during Lucille's murder. Kara uh, mm-hmm. had run away from an abusive home in Bangladesh as a child um, and also wound up in a Calcutta jail. And this is not to say this is affecting John or in any way would uh, determine John's like future, but it's just, you know, it gives you a little insight into what his family life was, even as, a, as an adult and father of four now. But after sure. burying John, um, his mother-in-law told uh, a news reporter that he would often beat Kara. And mm. it was just a very abusive, both verbal and physical abusive relationship and that Kara said that you know confirmed that in East Indian culture this is all in quotes the husband is the one in charge who is always right and can even tell a wife to kill herself and I think we've discussed this before in other cases that are uh, just uh, culturally there's just a whole different mindset of you know sure the the balance in 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 a household and just how it's governed um right 
But because of that culture, cultural belief, she wouldn't leave him even with all the abuse that was going on. Right. Um, so that's just, he was not only going out and making senseless fucking shitty decisions towards victims that had not wronged him in any way, but he was also treating people he was supposed to love in a shitty fucking way. Right, That's why right. I gave you that little backstory. Just to, you know, it's not, it wasn't just the drug abuse outside of the home or anything like that. He brought that abuse into his home as well. Exactly. <sighs> now, the police are, I think, still investigating. I couldn't find that they had definitively um, taken a stance on whether or not he was involved in the other murders or additional homicides that took place in the holiday area during the same time period mm-hmm. of Lucille. But the last I heard is that they were looking into the possibility that he was involved possibly in those murders as well, just because they had kind of the same MO where it was like a sure. robbery gone wrong and just a couple trinkets or a couple of like low level jewelry that was taken from the place, which matches this MO of just like for all intents and purposes, a crackhead just looking for shiny things. Right. right. I don't more know which has, more or less. Um, so Shirley England, Lucille's daughter um, said that discovering her mother um, in 1991 has continued to have a big effect on her. She still worries about being alone in parking lots or walking out of a grocery store at night, which, like, same, but I cannot imagine being her and, like, having that constant worry. I hope that this uh, 2013 finding of knowing exactly who it was um, helped her with that. But at the same time, I could see how it maybe did it help because it was a fucking random attack he never came out he's never come out and said why he chose her you know mm-hmm. why lucille or why even trudy um other than they were just opportunistic they were there you probably saw a frail old lady and right. you know just did what he did um so she well, said that hard too right you know like for his for her daughter you know you don't play out those worst case scenarios in your mind but you know i can only imagine you go in and you find your mom and um like what the fuck it unlock it unlocks and opens up this door of a, a new hidden fear right and so oh, you kind of can't help but um find yourself in those situations where you're leaving yeah. a grocery store late at night or maybe you're walking to your car in a parking garage and you could easily find yourself being like oh I should really be looking over my shoulder right now right you know every stranger and has could be them could be exactly because at least for the very least 22 years mm-hmm. they had no information to say it was, or, you know, at least we suspect Joe down the street or we suspect Bill from over here. No, there was zero information to go off. So, so it could have been Joe. It could have been Bill. It could have been whomever. And it's just like, you don't know. So you're looking at everyone, like, especially in a small town, like, are, are did you hurt my mom? 
Are you going to hurt me? Are you going to hurt my right. kids? Yeah. Are you going to hurt Is someone else? I trust. Right. Especially if there was a string of these homicides that were happening in the town, then holy shit. Yeah. I would be yeah. scared out of my mind too. Uh, one of our kids, um, another kid said that he and his siblings are relieved to finally learn that their mother was not killed by someone she knew. And because they did find who it was, he said that they've experienced a different kind of closure. You know, I think he said it perfectly. It's not the best closure. I mean, they lost their mom to a senseless fucking murder. But it's some kind of closure to know that the person that did it is behind bars and Mm -hmm. um, facing a a death penalty in in Arizona. So, um, yeah, well, it's just, I don't know, piece of shit. The fact that he did it in front of his kids. Yeah. At least the two times that we know of, his kids were in the vicinity. Um, One, maybe just feet probably away, playing with Legos. Come on. So that's the case of Lucille Johnson. To use your child as a lure, that's just like so unimaginably disgusting to do that. It's like one thing to be the type of person that would carry out or think of committing a crime like this, especially to such a little old defensive, defensive, defenseless. Yeah little lady but then you're gonna get your kids involved and then have that type of exposure and granted even if the five-year-old hadn't seen anything you're still hearing things you know or or did you come so well planned that you brought some earmuffs for your child that they also wouldn't hear anything either and they just think oh here's my quiet time to play with some legos in this random ass lady's living room yeah just leave the kids alone. Okay. Just do, do whatever. Don't involve your you kids. Go do out in the world. Yeah. Do not involve your kids. Leave them at home. And yeah. I mean, I'll I can't there. Cause I could yeah. go on a rant. <laughs> I mean, yeah, same. I mean, just thinking of the then kid now adults, you know, looking at these and I'm sure going through, you know, new trials and new evidence was not easy. Cause he was like, Holy shit, whether I remember or not, because he's five, he probably has memories at that time that are, you know, sure. core memories. And I'm just like, can you imagine James being like, yeah, I was at a random lady's house playing Legos once. And that's what my dad was doing in the back room. Like, that's going to fuck up a whole nother person. And then hopefully that doesn't affect his family or, you know, their upbringing. And it's just like this nasty fucking hand me down that you, he gave his kids and he had four total yeah. so because if he didn't realize what was going on and now knowing what he knows now how how could you not feel like a little bit guilty even though you knew that you couldn't have yeah. probably done anything to no. have the situation have a different outcome to your dad's a piece you, of shit you know, and used you to knock on this old lady's door exactly oh yeah but it, it you know it was wow. interesting to see that the family right away was like first of all those are not the toys that she has there for her grandchildren and whoever came in had to have used a child 
to make their way in because she would have definitely answered the door for a kid or would have answered the door if the person was like my kid needs to go to the bathroom or my kid needs a glass of water or my kid skinned their knee do you have a band-aid you know whatever the situation exactly if you get someone with a heart of gold that's going to be willing to help anyone a kid is going to be the way to do it unfortunately so yeah. Wow. Well, that's the case of Lucille Johnson Ugh. and the Legos. That's so sad. Brought down the house. <laughs> Freaking Legos. Freaking Legos. If you're not the most painful thing in the world to step on, then you're being used as the lure. <laughs> oh, I know. And Legos are huge lady. in our house, too. And it's just like, when I saw this, I was like, uh, wherever this story goes, I'm going to have to cover it because I'm going to read into it anyway. Um, and it turned out to be this crazy story of like, you know, cold case turned solved because of DNA that we had the technology for and Legos. I was like, oh, shit. OK, well, all right, let's do this. So. Oh, Legos. We even gave you guys Legos for Christmas. No, the little, uh, yeah, the little yeah. guys. Oh, I at first I thought you said we did that you didn't give us Legos. I was like, yes, you did. You gave yeah. us a little Lego family. Yeah. That was one of my favorites. We love <sighs> them. They're so cute. All right. Oh my Tell everyone, poor That's, little Lucille. I would say don't open doors, but I don't want any of this to to jade you into being <laughs> not nice neighbors. Just be weary. Oh, oh I am I am completely jaded. I am <laughs> like I, I peep out my little peephole at my front door oh. before I open it for anybody, whether I know my mom's coming over or I'm expecting an Amazon yeah. delivery. No, I especially when I'm home alone. Oh yeah. Because even though we have the two dogs and they bark at any inclination that anyone is at the front door I still don't consider myself safe yeah and it sucks to I mean it sucks to feel that way but you just can't be too careful I mean I've had I've had instances where um oh well twice well if you see my house we have a gate and, you know, we have the front door, but I'm like, mm-hmm. you have to purposely open our gate to get in. Like, what the right. fuck are you doing all the way up here? If exactly. It it's not your business. Um, or we have exactly. a really deep walkway or a driveway. Um, and this one time, I think I told you guys the story. This guy just walked up and like started looking at our second car, which would have been like right smack in the middle of the driveway. And I was like, can I fucking help you? Like. Do, do I know yeah. you? Right. Mind you, I'm 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 prepared in a different way where I uh I recognize my second amendment proudly. Yes. <laughs> so, so I um I I practice that uh, a lot and in the way yeah. that I am I'm ready. Um and it's just like you don't just walk up into someone's property at least not to the easily accessible parts without thinking you're going to get not going to get some kind of response, you know. 
Exactly. I don't know. People are bold. People are. People are bold and stupid. Because I'm like, if you would have done this at nighttime, it could have been a different story. Sure. It could have been a different story. Especially you walking through my gate. The moment you cross that threshold, you're intently walking up to my house. Exactly. You're purposely walking up to my house. And unless you're the mailman or from Amazon or Uber Eats, I don't need you here. Exactly. Thank you. Zero tolerance policy. (laughs) I should put that on my gate. Thank you. You should. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Well, thanks for covering that. Poor little, poor little Lucy. Little seal. I know. And her name yeah. is so sweet. I know. It is so sweet. Okay. Well, all that said, I do wish him endless diarrhea. Thank you. <laughs> In prison where may... he can't get away from the smell because it's shitty. And that's what he deserves. Amen. Amen. Yep. Shitty diarrhea may or may not be the name of this episode. We will find out. <laughs> yes. 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 We shall do it that. <laughs> You're welcome. Legos and diarrhea. Oh my gosh. <laughs> People are going to be like, what well, the fuck does diarrhea that? have to do with this? Wrong <laughs> title. Sorry. It has nothing and everything to do with it yes. all at the same time. Just start we started the episode, with diarrhea the episode. and we ended with diarrhea. <laughs> all gonna make sense i promise just give just give it a chance just give it a chance yep well on that note i think that wraps up the episode and i'm gonna go help my husband cook dinner yeah, now that same. i'm real hungry after we'll that figure it out but uh